Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, pow, pow, I'm Sam Delaney, so what? It's part three of our 50 Greatest British Moments series to keep you amused over Christmas 2020 at the end of a horrific year. Uh, we are on episode three. We are getting to uh, the mid-range section. It's number 30 down to number 21. Here we go. Number 30, Sam. Um, anytime... There was a domino toppling world record attempt on record breakers. Yeah. Any time. You can merge them all into one. They were all fantastic. Invariably, for reasons I can't quite fathom out, they seem to always take place in the Netherlands. That's as I remember it anyway. I could be wrong. The Dutch is a perfect thing because it's very flat. It's very flat. Exactly. That's why. That's Mm. why. That's why they're they're a nation of dominoers, you know? But, um, I mean, these things would take months to set up. And the cameras were there for the setup as well as for the, the event itself. Mm. So you would see, it would, it would be like a mini documentary before you saw the top length and it would say like, uh, uh, Day 17, mm. a tragedy overnight. A mouse has entered the building <laughs> and knocked over a domino and triggered a 48,000 topple. When, you know, they're trying to put it together and a fucking mouse has got in or a bit of breeze has got in through the window. Do you know who I'd like to throw into a domino, um, record domino attempt? Blobby. I'm sure Blobby would, I'm sure Blobby <laughs> will, will come up again in this list. Yeah. Like, uh, we don't have any spoiler alerts. But I'd love to see Blobby come out sort of at, like as if he's attempting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah, just rolling around on the floor. <laughs> In the middle of a fucking massive pile of dominoes. They'd walk up, they'd have it all set up, and then they'd play, like, big sort of walk-on music, and they're like, and here he is, attempting the great room, <laughs> Mr. Blobby. And he'd walk out maybe, like, in a boxers-style dressing gown with his name on the back and some dancing girls, and then he'd just fucking trip <clears throat> and go flying right into the middle of the structure. Fucking <laughs> knock them everywhere. And then just roll around for ages trying to get back up. <laughs> Managing to smash loads of other shit. Yeah. But, I mean, when you were a kid, watching a domino toppling world record was as good as it got. It's lovely, because isn't it? it was, oh, man, I mean, I'm sure they're all over YouTube. I might um, mm. have an evening watching some of them while I'm playing with my newly acquired Evil Knievel toy. Does it still go on? Do you, do you, you know, no, domino world record attempts? Why Why wouldn't it, Sam? Why wouldn't it? Well, we live in a world now where people, everyone's obsessed with, like, you know, PlayStations and fidget spinners now, aren't they? The world's moved on. There's still got to be there's a niche community for every pursuit out there. There's still got to be domino topplers. I tell you what, I hope hasn't happened to it. I hope it hasn't become hipsterish. You know, like vinyl. Oh, you, oh, do you know a, what domi- I mean? a, a domino toppling bar 
in Shoreditch. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Yeah, well, to be honest, that doesn't even sound like mm. that implausible at all, does no, it? I think we should we should look into that, Sam. <laughs> yeah. We should look into opening one of those. We could get a couple of false beards to yeah. trick people. Yeah. Um, it just, is you like just do that, a though. mini one. You just you just do a one that's like three hundred dominoes, but you hire the hire a, a section, an area for a couple of hours, and you set up a mini domino toppling while you're drinking. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, we'll Fuck do one of them. I mean, I know there was a. I had to work with this prick once, and we were trying to set Only up a, a, a live yeah a live event, and he goes. And and he was from, he'd been seconded to work with me from an ad agency. So obviously I was fucking, you know, alarm bells straight away. Suspicious, right? yeah. Yeah, you're already thinking, high chance this bloke being a prick. And sure enough, <laughs> I didn't get on with him at all. And I sort of tried to ease him out of his role and yeah. um, on, on basis of him being a knob. And then when he finally did leave, he tried to spin it like he wanted to leave. And I remember him going... Yeah, it's fine, actually. I've got a, a new project that I'm uh, starting up out Shoreditch. And I said, what is it? And he went, shuffleboarding club. <laughs> and I thought, you could not fucking make this up. And I didn't ask a single question. I said, all right, nice yep. one. Bye then. Yep, I didn't so. even want to know what shuffleboarding was. I still don't really know. I just thought, well, that that sounds about fucking right, mate. I, I had you nailed oh. the moment you walked in the door. This cunt's going to be of no use. He's the sort of prick who'd be better off starting up a fucking shuffleboarding club in Shoreditch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There we are. So, Domino Toplin, may it never die. Um, speaking of death, number 29. Not all of these things in this list are glorious and joyful and celebratory. Some of them are just so incredible that they just have to be included. Um, wow. I mean, John's not mad in the previous one. We'd laughed at that, but it was just, it just stood out so much as being an incident that it just couldn't be, yeah. you know, okay, It got people talking, didn't it? It did. And like, I mean, this- for instance, is Sabina's tits falling out on mm. top of the pops in this list anywhere? I mean, maybe happen? it's higher. But Did that happen or is that an urban myth? Boys, boys, boys. Yeah, I remember uh, the song, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's not an urban myth. You can look it up now. This is the sort of stuff that I would have thought was like your stock in trade. I don't remember Vintage that. Vintage Top of the Pops, some tits. This sounds yeah. like um, like Dawson. This sounds mm. like the fucking Dawson sweet spot. Well, it's... It's it, true, mate. I've seen the tits. I wouldn't forget a feels I never like... forget. I never forget a pair of tits. Well, it must have been a live episode then. Surely, because yeah, it wouldn't yeah, have yeah, made the edit. They wouldn't have. Michael Hull, the legendary producer of Top Lots, would have said, leave it in. But Mr. Hull, I said leave it in. I'd leave them I out. Know what, I think you'll find I know what the British public wants, and they want tits. Uh, I found it, but it wasn't Top of the Pops. It was a similar a similar show. Was it the Roxy? Uh, well, it, no, it was like in Italy. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, that in kind Italy. Of thing. Oh, yeah. forget it. In Italy, yeah. it doesn't fucking count. It doesn't count, does it? Um, Mind you, if you do look at her, like, on top of the pops, her tits are almost out anyway. Oh, and... yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. But, now, um... At number four, it's that time Sabina's tits were almost out on top of the pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a couple of episodes. Number yeah. 29, it's, it's quite simply the time when Jimmy White took his dead brother for a drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jimmy White's brother had died of cancer. A heavily intoxicated White decided to steal the body from the funeral home before uh, taking him in a taxi 
mm. uh, weekend of Bernie style to have one last drink with him. Mm. Um, he, Jimmy said, we were sitting in the pub and the funeral parlour was across the road and I'd been to see him only three hours before. I wanted to say goodbye to him again. There was a padlock on this big gate and I kicked it, thinking I'm going to walk away from it, <laughs> but it opened. It just, felt like a, it just felt like a sign and it just felt mm. right. I took him to my other brother's house and I took him to another place for a drink. He doesn't say where the other place was. Oh, we had quite a night out. It wasn't just one drink. They went out. Then we went dancing. (laughs) Then we went for a kebab. (laughs) The curry. And he says, uh, I took him to another place for a drink. And people will say that's evil, but it felt right at the time. I apologised to his family for it, but at the time it didn't feel wrong. And I don't regret it at all. Mm. So there we go. Maybe, maybe you're a pioneer. Maybe, I remember maybe this- that reading that story in Loaded in the 90s and at the time just thinking, fucking excellent. But now, <laughs> although I do think it holds a rightful place in <laughs> this list because it's except, it's an exceptional and extraordinary yeah. moment by a great hero, but I do think, oh, if it had been someone, if it had been like my dad or my brother yeah. or someone close to me and I'd heard that another one of my relatives had been dragging his corpse around to the pub, I'd be like, come on, yeah. mate. That's, well, that's not on. There, but for the grace of God, I suppose. If someone did it to my corpse, mm. I wouldn't be bothered. If I, When I'm a ghost and well, looking down, I'd think, yeah, that's a bit of a laugh. Oh, but mind you, go and get me a Heineken Zero. <laughs> Don't get Remember, lads. Don't want to get I'm, back on the wagon. I might be dead, but I'm still off the gear <laughs> and the booze. Maybe White was a pioneer, and maybe this kind of thing will become de rigueur as we get older. And well, time in passes. certain cultures, like in Native American cultures and in Sweden. Yeah. Mexico, in Swe- I think they do it, don't they? In, in Sweden, if a grandparent dies, that grandparent continues to live as part of the family for up yeah. to five years afterwards. And that is yeah. just the way they are there because they're more open-minded, liberal. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a cosier, more loving fa- family culture. And well, they're not in a yeah. hurry to bury the corpse under the fucking ground with the worms so quickly. Mm. No, mm-hmm. they're Swedish. They want the, they, they, and they say there's not a huge difference between, you know, a grandparent when they're alive or when they're dead in some cases. Dead. So... Yeah, Jimmy White, pioneer. Uh, mm. And as he said, it, it came from a place of love. So, you know, who's to judge him? Not us. Number 28, Sam, it's our friend the Sunderland Shitter. Ah. Oh. It's yeah. Callum. Uh, I forgot. I should have researched this. But it's Callum. Um, Callum Mawson, of course. Yeah. The Sunderland Shitter. Um, and the second thing that comes up when you put Sunderland Callum Shitter is a yeah. top flight time machine tweet. Mm. <laughs> so there we go. Good. That's good. And um, yeah, I mean, Callum, I mean, this is one of the greatest stories ever told. I really believe that. Mm. People often go on about the story of Jesus, right? Mm. Um, As the admitted, Christmas story, but this uh, rivals uh, it. Well, the, I mean, Jesus, his whole life, so you've got him, first he's a baby, he's born in a manger, then he gets a, then he's a carpenter, which, let's be honest, is interesting in itself to men like you and I. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know what I'm like around a handyman? I'm like, oh, what are you doing, mate? How do you saw that bit of wood up? I mean, I'm like fucking really into that sort of thing. So he's already had a great life. He's already shone bright as a fucking top carpenter, right? Then he's fucking, uh, then he's taken up with that prostitute. Then at some age or another, I don't know, I've never read this story, but he develops magical powers. Yeah. Uh, then he gets captured and killed. 
but then mm. he comes back to life. I mean, it's got the lot, but it's Marvel is it as stuff, good? isn't it? It's Marvel it stuff, is, yeah. Almost. But is it as good as the lad in Sunderland who's gone out on the piss with his mates, woken up next day at his mum's, still hung over, and just thought, fuck it, I'm going to Sunderland anyway today. I might as well just carry on through. Yeah. And he's got on the fucking, what do you call it? Not the forest fruits. What's that cider? The, du- the dark fruits. Dark fruit cider, yeah. as I remember. Really early doors. Yeah. He's starving, but he says he can't be bothered getting himself any breakfast. So he's got two advent calendars in his house. One yep. from his nan and one, weirdly, from his boss. Mm-hmm. Which I always thought was one of the creepiest, strangest parts of this story. If anything, I thought that was the weirder part than him shitting in the, in the stadium of light. Yeah. But he eats both chocolates from the, and then he gets on the dark fruits, gets out, gets back on the beers. And I can't remember how many beers he said he'd had. Uh, according to this article I'm looking at, it was 12 bottles of beer and six pints of the dark fruits on the day of the match. Mm. And then mm. there's the, the infamous photograph of him sitting with his trousers around his ankles uh, in his seat at the Stadium of Light. Um, it's in the back row. I can identify it from looking at the wall behind him. It's in the back row of whichever section of the Stadium of Light he's in. So it's not as if he was right in the centre yeah. of a group of seats. He was um, secluded almost. But um, there's a photograph of him there, very close-up photograph. So, uh, and he, he, Callum claims he didn't do a shit. Callum claims it was just a piss. Oh, um, he doesn't know. There is no uh, way he knows. There's no way he can know. There's yeah, no I mean, know. you know, I'll, I can go back through the interview and I'll share it, or you can look it up by the time this goes out. If you're interested, it's, uh, Google it's on that tweet. Callum Mawson is the Sunderland shitter, and yeah. that's Callum's appearance on. Sam Delaney's news thing. Um, and, and I and I give him a you know, this I don't go easy on him, mate. It's a it's a classic Delaney interview. It was it was Frost Nixon esque, I thought. It was. And it was like rigor. Andrew Neil, you know when he like forensically picks someone apart bit by bit. Yeah, primarily candidates, yeah, yeah. I took Callum apart piece by piece and then I rebuilt him again on mm. live television. And you know, I think it, I think we learned a lot. So this for me is great. I think this is one of the greatest stories. His day out at the football was, I think it's inspiration to everyone as well, because although no one wants to really sh- do a shit publicly, especially not in their own football club. Do you know what I mean? Well, sometimes it's justified at Sunderland. But, but the um, point is, is, you know, he had a great day out. And mm-hmm. do you know what the best thing about Callum Mawson is? He fucking owned it. Right, he did. he did. When I was seventeen, I would have never been able to have owned that. No way, yeah. it would have crushed me. It would have crushed me. My mates would have been merciless. But I, I respected him, and I also respected his mates because my mates. If I was seventeen, I was had been caught on camera shitting publicly. Right, my mates would have just absolutely fucking demolished me for it. Right, whereas they were like, I remember him saying when he switched his phone off when he was allowed out of the nick. He had loads of messages and he was like, what's all this? And his mate called straight away and went, Callum, have you seen? Have you seen what you did? <laughs> right. But his mate was being nice. He's going, yeah, no, this footage of you doing a shit. You've done, you done a shit, man. And everyone's seeing that you did a shit in the stadium. we late. There's the, um, on the Digital Spy website, there's a forum and there's a thread about it. And there's the, what can only be described as the ultimate Lampard post about it. Uh, it says... 
Callum Mawson, the Sunderland shitter, is not the sharpest tool in the box, is he? Even if he did not take a dump and it was just a piss, there's a whole mess of problems he is facing. First, <laughs> first, pissing in public is technically not against the law, but you would be charged under indecent exposure in a public place. Drunken, <laughs> drunk and disorderly, I think sitting half naked in a football ground would count. Uh, drunk while travelling to a designated sporting event, usually professional sporting match football matches. <laughs> Consuming beer in a pub under the age of 18, unless he was having a meal with parents. <laughs> Unless he was having a meal with parents, he should not have been served at all. Not to the state he had consumed 12 bottles of beer and six pints of fruit cider. Callum Wilson, you fucking legend. If you hear that, if you hear that Lampard thing whilst looking at a picture of Callum Wilson, which I was doing throughout that, and he's sort of slightly, his his northeastern take on this and that. That's, yeah. that's the Mackham, this that's and that. Is. Like, he's it like, well, well, man, I mean, you know, what can I say? Hands up. I had a big and night. Lampard <laughs> La- 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 continues. His parents said they supported him. His parents should be grounding the spoiled drunk brat and seriously ah. wondering how he was drinking that much at that age. My parents would have bloody killed me if I came in in that state, led by the police. They sure as hell would not be supporting me. <laughs> oh, Wait, anyway, you fucking prick who wrote that, right? He is not a spoiled brat, quite the opposite. No one no, wants exactly. to fucking live a life where they're getting bang on the fucking dark fruits. First thing that, well, actually, that's not true. Some people do. And in a yeah. way, I do. I admire him, but at the same time, don't call him spoiled, right? He's not Definitely fucking not. Prince Charles having toothpaste squeezed onto his toothbrush. He is just a young lad trying to make his way through life as best he can. Right? With these two advent calendars. And on and that particular uh... day, what that meant was he got so pissed he did a shit in his own football ground. <laughs> fucking hell. So what? I really do. Looking back on him, I interviewed him like on the radio and TV at the time, and I really got to like this kid because I'm looking just at the pictures of him now, and mm. he's just... He's not celebrating it. He's not being a prick and going, I'm a legend. But at the same mm-hmm. time, he's not fucking crying and being humiliated. He's just saying that and he's just giving it the, look, mate, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I mean, fucking hell, things in life happen. <laughs> Do you know? And yeah, this yeah. happened to me. Situations <laughs> get out of control sometimes. There's nothing you yeah. can do. He's <laughs> fucking legendary. It. I love him. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Next on the list, the Hatton Garden robbery. Uh, we'll oh, not yeah. delve into this too much, but fucking hell. Uh, a jewellery heist committed by largely old-age pensioners. Um, proper one-last-job stuff. Um, you know, boring a, a hole in a vault next door to the uh, the jewellers. And nicking 14 million quid's worth, I think it was, of metal, cash and jewels. It says here. Metal. Audacious what are, we, what are we getting? Metal. Get <laughs> metal. some Metal. Sorry, precious metals. I read that oh. wrong, but you know, precious metals. I prefer metals, isn't metal. It? I prefer metal. metal. It reminds you when we went to West Ham um, Palermo away in the Europa League in like 2006. Me and my mates, and we got we well. I we mean, I, I said we I said we'd just quickly brush over it, but yeah, we Callum Dawson did. It's real quick, right? <laughs> Mawson, hey. not Dawson. Oh yeah, he fucking. We're checking in. We. Everyone's off their tits. My mate Dan's fucking checking in to get the flight home and they go, put your bag on the scale, please. The po-faced Italian flight attendant. Put your bag on the scale. And he dropped, we just picked him up from a pool of his own piss lying on the floor in his bedroom and bundled him into the taxi to get him there. Yeah. And we didn't know what was in his bag or anything. On the way there, he hadn't even checked in a bag. And he he lobbed his bag onto the scale bit where they weigh it and it went, clang. Right, really weird. <laughs> and she looked. She looked at the band, and she looked at him, and he was pissed, wobbling around with a grin on his face. It's like eight a.m. And she yeah. goes, "What is in the bag?" And he just shrugged and went, "Metal." <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved that metal, and I never. I think I wandered off. I never got the full explanation. But you know, in like you don't want you the don't, full explanation. You don't need to. No, no, that's enough, just got isn't it? Yeah. metal. What's it metal. fucking sound like? Next question. <laughs> I've got some metal in there. <laughs> I'll take it all of there. Where are we? Hatton Garden robbery. What's after that? Uh, that Manchester night out photograph from great a few photo. years ago. It's it's yeah. just perfect. Yeah, um, it's it's almost hard to describe. You've got to just put Manchester United photograph if you've never seen it before. You've got someone who's lying in the gutter next to the drain cover who's being apprehended by a couple of police. Uh, a woman is with him. She's wearing a short red skirt and a fur coat, and she seems to be remonstrating with the police, or possibly with him, as to why he's being arrested. Other people are being questioned by the police around about. Uh, there's a gang of uh, onlookers looking by, but the the centerpiece of it is the man who looks a bit like Dave Spikey, who was in Phoenix Nights. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's the one on the floor, right? He's got a blue suit on and a blue shirt. He's lying. Uh, with his one leg outstretched, one leg sort of cocked up. He's got a sort of casual way about him, yeah. Yeah. There's a Griggs in the background, which I like. Well, and I was just going to get to that. I'm going to oh, get yeah. to that, yeah. He's reaching out for his pint, which hasn't gone down. The pint is still up. He's down. Yeah. The pint's still up. And he he's hasn't reaching spilled out a drop. He hasn't spilled a drop. He's reaching out to secure it. And there in the background is a Greg's and a Super Dry. 
and that's the icing on the bun. What more do you need? It's um, the classic one too on a Saturday it, afternoon, isn't it? Super dry, <laughs> then Greg's. And then, a, and then a night out. It is, yeah. it is beautiful to look at. And there it is. And it's Can I just say list. as well, you mentioned the remonstrating woman. And this is something mm. that perhaps we should revisit on a future podcast as a separate mm. list. But, you know, we've had, we've, we've done our Thursday night applause for frontline workers in the NHS. Yeah. Right. We celebrate our boys out in Afghanistan and the Middle mm-hmm. East and stuff. There are certain tribes in our society who get a lot of deserved credit. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel that a, a, a tribe who is not acknowledged or given enough praise as they should do in Britain is the remonstrating woman, right? The remonstrating and, and, woman. And, and, yeah. and I think that, come on, Britain, let's hear it for the slightly drunk remonstrating <laughs> women of Britain yeah. Yeah. who spend their Friday and Saturday nights standing on the fringes of fights outside pubs, bars, yeah. branches of McDonald's, right? Mm trying to appease a violent situation, very often making it much worse, right? Yeah. But not really meaning to. Um, Some women you just see outside of McDonald's just shouting this. Fuck off! Fuck off! Fuck off! (laughs) While her boyfriend's having a fight with someone. Yeah, yeah. And I just think this woman really embodies them as a tribe. And I think that we should... And, and, you know, send in your uh, pictures or stories of remonstrating (laughs) women and we will do a list next year. Yeah, but you could expand it to the wives of complete arseholes, couldn't you? Because Mm. they just do a sterling job trying to hold everything together. But, uh, my, mate, yeah. my mate had a girlfriend who's a nightmare and one of her specialisms, she was just one of those, she was just a nightmare for all of us. She was my mate as well. She was just a constant nightmare liability to be out with. And one of her things was he's a very sort of um, pacifist kind of a guy, right? Mm. And one of her specialisms was to cause a rumpus in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in with security <clears throat> men at nightclubs in queues. Mm. And... Uh, push the situation so far that in the end they would have to physically try to contain her. Mm-hmm. They might push her backwards or at least just hold her arms or something because she'd be going mad. And then she would do the classic of turning round to her deeply embarrassed, humiliated boyfriend who's a really top bloke, one of his mates, and she'd just go, are you going to fucking let them touch me like that? <laughs> and he'd go, I'll oh, just leave it. And then the scene, would, the whole scene would get turned on him. So the whole queue outside the club would then witness her going to him, are you some sort of fucking pussy? You're going to fucking stand there and let these cunts knock your fucking girlfriend around and you're going to stand there like a fucking pussy. Situation that she had started. It's like I was watching The Godfather 2 last night and it's like the scene at the the party when Fredo's wife's kicking off and she's pissed and she's dancing and falling about the place. And uh, one of of them says to Fredo, you know, you're going to have to deal with this uh, or if you don't deal with it, we will. And Fredo just kind of goes, fuck it, you can deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not capable of doing it. And he just sits down and they drag her away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, we need to rattle through these, Sam. Uh, That's the Manchester photograph. Number 25, John Noakes climbing up Nelson's column on Blue Peter. Legend. Without any kind of real security or safety harness equipment, he just fucking did it. No no one would have the balls to do that now, but even if they did, they wouldn't be allowed, would they, by the BBC? Have you watched it recently? I mean, it it seemed... I mean, it seemed scary when you were a kid, but not that much. But now, I just feel fucking physically sick when I watch it. Why did he do it? What motivated Noakes? What drove him? that That was because it was there to be done. That was John mm. Noakes' motivation. 
that 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 was why he did a series afterwards called Go with Noakes. Go with Noakes. I love that program. Noakes yeah. was always wanting to go. Where and, are we uh, going? I don't give a fuck, mate. It doesn't I just matter, want to but, go. But when we get there, we're fucking filming it. Yeah. And putting it on kids' TV. So all I can say is it's John Noakes climbing Nelson's column on Blue Peter. Just watch it. He's wearing like sort of like trainers and flared jeans as well. He's, yeah, he just, just fucking rocks up in disaster. his. He rocks up in his pub gear. He does. He does. <laughs> Fuck me. Thinking about it now, I feel sick. He um, rocks up in his fucking super drives, mate. <laughs> from uh, from John Noakes to John Darwin, the. Uh, the man who faked his death in a canoeing accident. Oh, yeah. And then escaped to, oh, where did he go again? Was it Panama? Yeah. Um, and he, he cashed, his wife cashed in the life insurance. Yeah. He went off and started a new life. And uh, and then he was found. But he, he'd come back. I think he came back to the UK now and again. He was flitting around all over the place. He was, but, yeah, he yeah. disguised himself, wouldn't he? Yeah. Went out in his canoe one day, faked his death. Um, and got away with it for many, many years. Now, hang on, mate. Didn't he build a... Wasn't there a secret room in their house that he sometimes stayed in? That's right, yeah. In? That was it. He came back and there was a secret room in the attic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just between him and his wife. Their kids didn't even know. And I think their kids disowned both of them after this. I mean, you've got to hand it to them, though, haven't you? The balls yeah. on them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Imagine... Fantastic. Ima- Imagine when they, when he, how it first came up. Like, what are we going to do about this debt? I mean, presumably it was inspired by some unmanageable debt, right? I guess so. Yeah. And he said, yeah. "Why don't one of them's gone? Why? Well, maybe she said, why don't you just fake your own death, mate? Fuck off to Panama. It's easy. All you have to do is go out. How am I going to do that? She's all, she goes, fucking easy. Just go out on a canoe and then don't. We'll make out you never came back." And then just fuck off to Panama. I'll cash in the money. What about the kids? Ah, I don't need to tell them. I'll just tell them you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, great story. Moving on. What's next? Uh, Brian Clough, number 23. And that time he punched fans that ran on the pitch yeah. at Nottingham Forest. I mean, there could be a lot of Brian Clough incidents that we could include. Yeah. This is the one that's made it to the list. If you want to challenge it, if you can think of a better one. The interview with Don Revy was pretty good after uh, Clough had been sacked from Leeds after 44 days. He went yeah. to Yorkshire TV and was interviewed by, I think it was Austin... Austin was Mitchell, who became Austin an MP. Austin Mitchell, yeah. And Re- Don Revy was there as well, just to fucking gloat, basically. Yeah, yeah. And Clough was still bombastic about it all, saying that, you know, oh, he yeah. wanted to do what Revy had done, but do it better. And Revy had yeah. done, how could you do it better than me? You know, I only lost one game all season. And Clough yeah. says, well, I would have done it losing none. <laughs> but <laughs> he, he hadn't done it because he'd been sacked. Mm. But um, Clough punching the, the uh, pitch invader, um, and it was a good, it was a proper clump to the side of the head, wasn't oh, yeah, it? yeah, he knew what he was doing. But yeah, that, he right. used to punch his players a lot, didn't he? Punched Roy Keane in yeah. the face at half time. Yeah, of course. It was a proper bang on the ear. Uh, and of course, a, you know, a clumping. he was he had to apologise because that was the culture then. It, it still is now. Uh, and the fan that he clumped went and met him at the city ground and Clough apologised to him and gave him a nice kiss, which was... Uh, uh, the fan was probably like, yeah, thing. fair dude. I mean, it's something to tell your kids, isn't it? Like, I tried to yeah. get on the pitch in a pitching raging and, like, Brian Clough punched me. Yeah, you tell If John Lyle had punched me in the 80s, right? Yeah. If I was yeah, trying yeah. to get on the pitch up to Park, which from time to time I did, um, 
if John Lyle had punched, well, to be honest, I don't think I'd be alive. John John Lyle, I mean, getting punched by John Lyle, like no disrespect to Brian Clough, he was a good puncher. All men of that generation were. But yeah. I think John Lyle would have knocked my head clean off. But yeah. it, what a way to go. Here lies Sam Delaney, Hammers fan, had his head punched off by John Lyle during a pitch invasion, <laughs> 1987. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's number 23. Number 22, it's the KLF. And the night they split up uh, at the Brit Awards, um, you could have included the time when they uh, burned a million quid. But yeah. The one that's made it to the list is the Brit Awards. They went on uh, 92, I think it was, and they did 3AM Eternal with uh, Extreme Noise Terror <clears throat> at the very beginning of the Brit Awards ceremony. It was this, this thrash metal uh, cacophony which yeah. probably terrified many of the attendees of the Brits. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of it, um, Bill Drummond opened fire on the crowd with a fake machine gun, which in <laughs> itself now, you know, post-2001, yeah. Uh, you couldn't get away with that. Um, and he, uh, the voice said, the KLF have left the building as they departed the stage. That was the end of the KLF. And they then you- left a dead, sh- a dead sheep on the pavement outside the hotel where the, uh, the after party was going to be. Have you read... Um- Bill Drummond's book about all um, of this stuff. Yeah, is that forty-five? That one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's I've never, I started it. it. I'm not around to it. I've always been fascinated as to what his agenda was. I mean, is it basically just performance art? I think that's situationism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, you know, they, they often got asked why did they burn a million quid, and they said we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we just but I gotta say, strip all that away, and the KLF songs fucking stand up. Especially well, that one with it. Tammy Wynette, Justify well, the Nation. Fucking love the K- it. The KLF's back catalogue is near perfect. Yeah. And they did yeah. it and then they fucked off. And you've got to fucking take your hat off to them for that. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, God, yeah. What time is love? 3am Eternal. Last train to ta- Trans Central. Fucking yeah. hell. Tunes. So, uh, and they'd even been the Time Lords before that and they got a number one with Doctor and the Tardis. Which oh, itself, is that them? I think that's a great song as well. Um, yeah. Right, we're running out of time. It's number 22, the KLF. Number 21 is a piece of music, and we'll just end the episode with it. And it is the theme from Sports Night, Sam. One of the greatest yes. moments of all time was Wednesday night. Sports Night comes on. You know you're going to get, you might get some first division football, football highlights. Yeah. You might get some European football with the commentary coming down the, the telephone line in that way that it did when players, when teams were playing in Eastern Europe in a European Cup Winners' Cup match. I remember if West Ham were playing and you'd think, I hope they're on Sports Night. Yeah. And my and if when I was young, you know, Sports Night would often start after my bedtime. But because my mum was narcoleptic, no fucking bedtime applied, <laughs> right? Because she would be sound out, out for the fucking count by nine o'clock yeah. in front of the telly. Yeah. So I'd be like, but I was quite a good lad and I'd go to bed anyway at about mm. tennis, sort of thing. Unless Sports Night was on. Unless Sometimes like, was you on. wouldn't know if they were going to show West Ham or like in your case, Sunday, you wouldn't fucking know. Well, so it, it was yeah, a gamble. Yeah. You, you had to also, it was well, it was a lot easier to avoid the results as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, there wasn't yeah, internet. All you had to do was not go on teletext and I, I, yeah, would, yeah. I would never, ever know. I would always want yeah. to fucking watch it There was live no social and, media. There was no oh, that. Um, you'd get so I mean, nervous, that, wouldn't you? Um, and boxing as well. You'd also get boxing, yes. which you didn't really see anywhere else. I remember watching Frank Bruno's Rise on sports yeah. night. And that's that's why we came here to Harry Carpenter because Harry Carpenter presented sports night and it was just a, yeah. a match made in heaven, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, fucking hell, sports night on a Wednesday night. Yes, please. 
Um, so that's the end of this episode. We'll end with the sports night theme for a change. Um, and we'll be back with another 10 from 20 down to 11 very, very soon. TTFN. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.